Welcome to Maddie's Mental Health Podcast, aiming to spread awareness on mental health by sharing the real-life stories of those who've experienced it firsthand. Um, 
I, I like to think I'm a fairly creative person. I play music. Um, I write songs. Um, I like to do comedy. I like to do acting and all that stuff. And I use that as a good route to express myself. As a kid, as I said, I didn't have that option. The only thing I could do when I was upset was play video games to get out of my world, mm -hmm. to pretend I was somewhere else, someone else, and just escape. So, I won't get into the depth of what happened, but there was a very significant turn in my life about seven months ago, where everything came to a head, and I basically hit rock bottom. Um, I'd been working up two years prior. I had a really bad case of not being able to talk to anybody, not having anybody to go to. So when I started having these panic attacks in like significant ways, I didn't even want to tell my wife. Uh, I was worried that if I talked to her, that she would think I'm weird, something's wrong with me, and she wouldn't want to be around. So the older I got, I've, I've known her for 10 years now. I haven't told her until essentially seven months ago that I was having these issues because I didn't want to scare her off. Um, I had kids. I didn't want to like put them in any situation. So I used to have severe anxiety attacks and instead of turning to somebody, I would get really drunk. I had, I'd drink four or five times a week just to sleep. Um, so I'd get out of my head. I'd stop thinking I'd just get drunk or go to bed. Um, I didn't tell my wife, and she could see that I was going through something, but she didn't know how to help me. And um, a gentleman I work with is actually has uh, pretty severe depression and like mood swings, anxiety, and stuff. And through seeing him go through this and hearing him talk, I'm like, I really gotta help this guy. And in turns, me trying to like be there for him and make things easier on him, it taught me how to kind of level myself out a bit. So I started expressing myself in different ways. I, I'm a cook. And so once I got through this really bad bout of not being happy and like not wanting to be at home, not wanting to be at work, I found something that worked for me, which was expressing myself through my food, expressing, expressing myself through my music, uh, through acting, the comedy that I started about, about a year and a half ago. And I've come an incredible way from this little guy that had no one to talk to, no one to turn to, and this fear that people wouldn't accept me if I was honest about what I was going through. Right. So the biggest lesson that I've come through out of this is if you're not happy, if there's something wrong, if something's keeping you down, behind, you need to find someone to talk to. Since I've started talking to my wife, my marriage is better, my whole life is better. The last two months, this summer has been the best summer of my life. I'm not hiding my anxiety. I have minor attacks from time to time, but usually they're triggered by something. Mm -hmm. um, the most recent one I had was for a fair reason. Um, two years ago, on July 20th, my youngest son, he was four months, went in for open heart surgery. That was before I was talking to my wife about it and stuff, and I have... Um, very bad anxiety when I go to hospital. So I basically lived in a hospital for two weeks. And it was the worst experience of my life because my son, his life was potentially in jeopardy. And 
I was in a spot that was very uncomfortable. I was still in that phase where I couldn't talk to my wife and I just freaked out and if I, I'd play face when she was around, be happy, it's like, it's okay, we're gonna get through this, I had to be strong for her, but inside, I was, worst case scenario, like, what happens if all this goes by? And that's, that little voice used to be my entire thought process of, this is the worst thing that's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, you have no choice, it's gonna happen. So that made growing up really hard. I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't have a lot of, you know, people to reach out to because I was like, oh, they're not going to like me. This is a bad thing. You're just shut up and sit in your room, which was not, not what anybody should do. It's hard to reach out. I understand that. But when this big event that came up, me and my wife have been incredibly open with each other about absolutely everything. Um, when I have my anxiety, I can turn to her which is something that I couldn't do before. It's made my life tenfold better, knowing that I can turn to her, I can focus on my family, I enjoy my work again. Um, I got half off the topic of this, my last anxiety attack was over, it was two years ago, my son's surgery, it was the date just passed. And I had gone home that day and just like freaked out. I was having anxiety attacks every like 15 minutes, panic attacks, like I was back in that hospital again. Because I pressed it down, knowing the night before it was coming, instead of talking with my wife about it. So my anxiety took over, I was driving home, I had to pull over, like short of breath, freaking out. I didn't know what to do with myself, I was like, I can't drive right now, but I need to get home. But I, I, I like got ill that day, and I just couldn't. I couldn't keep it together, so my, everything that I'd worked for almost came crashing down again. It all came back, so I'd done such a good job of stepping forward, but something just snapped at me that day. And it scared me. Um, I've had suicidal thoughts before in my life. I haven't in a long time, but knowing that I was in that state, that mind state of I can't control myself right now, kind of scared me a little bit. I knew I wouldn't you know, go to that extreme thought again, but it's not a, it's not a fun place. Mm. When you get stuck in your own head, there's countless things that can go wrong. Mm -hmm. But I've stepped forward a lot now, and I'm a much happier person than I was, say, two years ago. And being able to openly talk about this stuff is very calming in some way, and I can use my stories to kind of help people through what they're going through. I've helped quite a few friends in the last couple of years, but I got involved in other people's issues and started building up my own. Mm -hmm. So I had to take a step back, which I have now. And here I am today, a much more happy, much more confident person. And my anxiety doesn't run me anymore. I kind of run it, which is good. Mm -hmm. um, the other outlets that I used Actually, I brought an example along to show you. Was I'm not a very good artist, but I did a couple paintings. Oh my god! During my biggest bout of depression, where I spent basically three weeks at rock bottom, I try and paint a new painting every day. That's awesome. Man. The two paintings. This one came first, and this one came about ten days after. I would just put my brush to canvas and paint. This was an okay day. This was not. Yeah. I would always paint them the night, like just before I went to bed, I'd have a glass of wine just to relax. 
I just started painting. I put it up. I go look at it in the morning and think, well, what does this mean to me? Yeah. And so literally 10 days apart, really happy, things are going okay, I'm starting to collect myself. 10 days later, I'm alone in a spotlight, and I don't want to do it myself. So depression can offset you very quickly. And finding a way to let it out is what everybody needs to do. I've, I've, had, I've been lucky to have many different opportunities with acting, painting, music, and comedy. And I keep these as almost a memento, but at the same time, I've been letting paintings go every once in a while and be like, oh, somebody's like, I like that, I you want it, you can have it. Because it's like, it's something I express myself with and I'm like... Letting it go. Yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, ironically kind of what the, the balloon photo there is. Mm. Is when I looked at it the next morning, I'm like, you're surrounded by all these things and the little gold, in my mind, I guess, represents the person. And you're just slowly letting things go that you don't need, but still surround yourself with things you want. And then when I painted that one 10 days later, that's kind of, when I first painted it, it gave me anxiety the next morning when I looked at it. Because mm -hmm. it's, for those that can't see it, it's, it's painting basically, the entire thing is black. So here's the two paintings, if, uh, if I don't know if you can see We'll get a shot of it after. Okay. Um, yeah, the one there is, the balloon one is to just letting everything go, feeling good. 10 days later, I was back in that big ditch. And it felt like my anxiety was you have to put on a show, basically, in public. For me, I don't want to have these attacks in public, so I would put face to whatever was happening to me at the time. So the mic to me is like standing center stage, and you just gotta go. You gotta perform. If you break down every time something gets to you, it makes things really hard. You gotta still, you know, push through the day. So that painting really, it still almost gives me anxiety, but it's a relief now because I know I can beat it. Mm -hmm. So I've been, I've been incredibly lucky to come out of this on top. I know a few people who haven't, yeah. and there are people that won't, unfortunately. So the only thing I can say to you is please talk to somebody. It's the best thing you can do, anybody. Even if you start, if you have a pet, just talk to your pet. You need to sometimes just let it out. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. It's so important just to let it out. Um, sorry. And then I love everything you said, and I'm I'm really glad that you're starting to, um, you know, starting to feel better, starting to let it out, and you know, finding all the avenues um, to get it out. I think that's so healthy, and that's something that I've learned in the course over my life too, especially you know with music and, and even sports. But the the expression thing too, I think, is really really important and um, invaluable. For sure. Yeah. It, I, I'm, it's, it is still a hard thing for me to talk about, but I, I know that I need to. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm really, uh, I was really honored that you asked me to come on and talk about this today, because if any of my words can help someone, then I've, I've succeeded. Yeah. Um, do something you wouldn't normally do. I wouldn't call myself a painter, but I did it because it seemed like something I wanted to try. It's always something that was in my mind. Yeah. And if the big thing, if the big like crash hadn't happened, then maybe I would never have started painting. I haven't painted in a long time because it was during a bad phase. But nothing makes me not want to, but I'm just waiting one day to paint again, really. Mm -hmm. 
I've painted pictures for my kids. My daughter tells me all the time she loves the paintings, and that just makes me so happy that she can see these things. She doesn't know the meanings behind them, and maybe someday I will tell her. But I've done a special painting for both my kids. They have them in their rooms. Um, I did a nice uh, beach painting for my wife one day because I know she loves the beach, and it was just me trying to reach out to my family in a different way. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't know how to talk right now, but like, here's something that makes you happy, and I'm thinking about you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how it happened. I was painting one day, and uh, I just started putting colors down. I was going to draw a window. I don't know why. Well, I, I kind of know why, but I was going to draw a window, and it ended up actually becoming an eye, like right up close. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I started painting it again with a blue eye. And I realized before before I finished, but not too soon, I, I was drawing my wife's eye. She has this little cute little mark in her eye that's very it's very faint, and you have to really look to see it. So once I put it together, I go, holy shit, that's because, I mean, I'm always thinking about her. And we were going through some rough stuff, and no matter what was going on, she was still on my mind. So when I was just unconsciously doing something, she was the first person I would think of. Right. It might have been the third painting I did. The first two were from my kids, just a chance. I did the, oh, the fourth, because I did the beach bar, and then the eye happened next. Because it was her, her, and then I just started painting to express myself more. And it was just a really, um, really useful tool. And, uh, as I said, I've done comedy music. Comedy's been a really good one for me. I get to get up and make people laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do say that, apparently, a lot of comedians are depressed, they're angry, they're sad, they're lonely. And I kind of get that. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's a quote, I can't remember who said it, but it's the saddest people that want to make others laugh. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want them to be, you know, feeling like them. So, a lot of comedians are really sad people. But, to make other people laugh, kind of, you know, brightens your day a little bit, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I've taken that as that. I do improv comedy too. That that challenges me. It keeps me focused on everything that isn't my own problems, and I'm not ignoring my problems because I have to face them. But now I can face them with my family, as opposed to on my own. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny just to go back um, to what you're saying because um, I did a lot of paintings too, especially when I was going through dark times and. Um, I think it's funny, like, what your subcon- what comes out in your subconscious. Um, look at it. I don't know. Take 10 minutes, look at it, and just be like, is that what that means? Probably. Maybe not. I don't know. And then my wife would see it, and she'd ask me how I was, or what I was thinking about, and I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes, or sometimes I would have an answer for it. But it, it, it was impressive. I, I did a series of paintings, basically four nights in a row. And I didn't realize until my wife pointed it out. Uh, in every painting, the wall is yellow. There are four very separate paintings. One is uh, a door with a progress above it, but there's red, red um, like velvet line in front of it. So it's like, progress is closed, sorry. So I was feeling something bad that day, like I was stuck in a rut and I couldn't move forward because somebody was telling me I couldn't. Mm-hmm. The next one I did was a clock, but it was like the face of the clock, but the numbers weren't actually on the clock and they were everywhere. And it almost like took me to this place of like, is my time really meaning? What like what? How do I know if I'm using my time properly? Do I even pay attention to time? Time's the hard thing to try to capture in an essence, but I really liked the way that painting turned out. And the other two was one was just a table with a glass with half half full of water, 
and I just I posted it on my Instagram just like half full or half empty. It was an age old, you know, saying, but it meant something to me that day. How am I gonna choose to look at my life for the rest? Mm-hmm. Am I half full or half empty? For a long time I was half empty. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just like, you know, I've got kids to look out for, I got an amazing wife that I need to, you know, to make sure everybody in my family's happy. Mm-hmm. And the fourth one was uh, my daughter and her and my her cat just sitting. She's just patting her cat. She wanted a picture of her and her cat. And so all these pictures were in this yellow room, and I was sitting there, and my wife's like, "You know what's happening, right?" I'm like, "I don't know." She goes, "You're painting our house because I used to sit in my kitchen table and I'd paint and look right out and into the living room at the yellow wall." So subconsciously, I was kind of drawing my thoughts on life at the time in my home because of this wall. And I didn't I didn't put it together. Somebody actually bought two of those paintings for me. Which I was really? like blown away the door and the clock. They were like, that's fantastic. It's a friend of mine he's like, I want those paintings. I'm like, oh you can have these like, oh I'll give you some money for them. Like you don't have to be like, no. Give me some money. You can get some more canvases and stuff. So it spoke to him. Yeah. He was super excited about it. Actually bought three of them, sorry, three. One of them was totally random, but he bought two of the yellow room ones, and it was, I didn't realize it was my life being literally projected on that, that canvas. Wow. I didn't realize until she pointed it out. Yeah. And then the healing almost began there. I was like, I can express myself visually, because I'm not good with my words sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I explained that to my wife, so when I could put it on canvas, no matter how, you know, mysterious it might be, because if somebody's looked at that, they might not know what was going through my head. But my wife tried to just look at it and think about what maybe it meant that day. Mm-hmm. And she was able to talk to me based on my paintings almost. Mm-hmm. It blew my mind. So she understood me in a way that I didn't think she could. Why I didn't want to talk to her before is that she wouldn't understand. She'd get worried and freaked out, but she's reached out to me in, in amazing ways. That kind of seems like the common thing is that people are scared of how their loved ones will react. Um, yeah, people know what to say. Um, yeah, that's like, I think that's like the common thing. Like they, they won't want to be with me anymore if I tell them how I really feel. Or, or. I, yeah, I, I know where you're coming from. I feel like being in my experience with it, it's it is that you're worried that you if you 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 want to express yourself as you are to everyone, but the people you're closest to, you don't want to scare off if you're too too open or you, they might think oh if I tell you that I'm depressed you're going to think I'm crazy and you're going to leave mm-hmm. and one of the few stabilities I had was my wife mm-hmm. so I didn't want to risk telling her but it sent me down that dark path of drinking all the time and being scared myself yeah so you didn't want to take out the foundation exactly yeah but basically I had to the foundation had to fall and we we built back stronger than we've ever been I wish I had told her years ago mm-hmm Fortunately, I didn't do too much damage to to repair, and now we're as happy as we've ever been. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and you're a father of uh, two kids. Two kids. Um, so has becoming a dad changed your mental health too? Yeah, I unfortunately the worst of when I was, it was still I we'd had my daughter and basically my son coming along, and when we found out it was by sheer luck that we found out that he had his heart condition before he was born. Uh, we were at the ultrasounds doing the photos, 
And they usually do like, I don't know, I'll say the number 26. For some reason, this nurse decided to take a 27th. And in the 27th photo, they saw something. So if she hadn't done that extra photo, we wouldn't have known. We had to go to Halifax for him to be born. So we were on the island. We had to leave. We were monitoring doctor's appointments, tests, everything. And we didn't know if he was going to come out alive or not. It was a 50-50 shot. So that really, that woke me up. Mm -hmm. That was the beginning of, I need to get my life together. If this little guy can pull through all this, what's stopping me from doing the same? Mm -hmm. So he inspired me to, like, hack up my boots and give everything I did. It's been a long road, but I'm here today. Because of that little boy and that little girl that called me dad. If it wasn't for them, I don't know where I'd be. And I, I just, I'm thankful for them every day. I'm not a religious person, so I'm not like, oh, thank God for the kids. I'm just like, thanks to my wife for sticking with me and giving me the two most important things in my life. That's beautiful, man. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Still a little fresh off everything because of the anniversary of the surgery and everything, but I, I, it's good to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful, man. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more maybe about maybe when you were younger and some of the signs people would look for, like some, maybe some things that you went through? Well, like I said, at first I didn't really understand, but it seemed like there was days where I didn't want to be around people. I was almost disappointed in myself for reasons I didn't understand. Like, I, I, I'd be at school and everything would be fine and I, I'd get little triggers. And I, I didn't know this at the time. Somebody would say something or I'd hear something about something and I would just get right like upset internally. I'd, I'd get like this tightness in my chest and I'd start to freak out a little bit. And I'm like, why, why am I so worried about this? Why, why is this bothering me? Like. I don't understand. This isn't my problem. Why is this? Why is this? And then the more I picked at myself, the more I like closed into that little uncomfort. So by the end of school, I didn't have a lot of people to talk to because I was so worried about other people's stuff. I almost like get away from me. I don't want anything to do with you. I got my own problems. Okay. Yeah. So I I became inclusive to myself. So if there's anybody that almost need, feels this need to push people away, that's probably the time you need people most. Yeah. If you get yeah. that uncomfort. You want to you wanna have, it doesn't have to be everybody, just one person. Mm-hmm. Don't push everybody away. If you need space, you need space. But make sure there's still someone that you can go to. Right. Not everybody yeah. has that close of a friend. It could be a parent, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin. Yeah. Just somebody. You need, you need at least one person at all times. Yeah. I didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if you feel that need, just make sure there's somebody. Yeah. There's one person. It, it freaked me out then. It still freaks me out now, which is why I didn't tell my wife for so long. Mm-hmm. Reach out. Always reach out. If you get upset by things and you don't know why, reach out. Talk to somebody. A school counselor, even. Mm-hmm. We had one of those. I never would have even thought about one. Mm-hmm. These things are put into place to you know help people. Mm-hmm. Counselors and even a teacher. So in school, you got a teacher. I have teachers that I now think back I could have talked to, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. 
for the young people out there, it's, it's very important to have your space when you need it, but make sure that you, you have somewhere to go. Because mm-hmm. you can get lonely by yourself. It's worse when you're by yourself. The more time you spend by yourself, the more you're in your head, the more upset I would get. So I, I know how quickly you can go from one worse to the, to the next. Mm-hmm. I wish I had been more educated younger because maybe I would have started fighting it sooner. Mm-hmm. But it just seemed like the I didn't want to be singled out. Because mm-hmm. the people that were in your school that were like, oh, I have problems with this kind of stuff, people made fun of, unfortunately, because that's what kids in school do. Mm-hmm. Friggin' jerks. Yeah. So don't be afraid to reach out. Mm-hmm. Ever. It's hard, but it'll change everything, I guarantee you. That's really the, the, the biggest advice I have. Back then, I didn't know, but I should have reached out. Drastically change your life and maybe save it. it yeah. yeah. It, I, I, one time in my life, it still rattles me. I don't talk to this guy anymore, unfortunately, but I, apparently I talked him down from Ned once. And it was... I, I almost went into fight or flight mode for him, and I talked him through a lot of stuff. I was up for like six hours with him, just talking to him, just like, bro, you gotta, you know, it's not worth it. You can talk to me, talk to, talk to your mom, talk to somebody. And I stayed up with him, got through the night, everything was good, and he's doing well, as far as I know. Everything's good with him, and he still has his, you know, moments, but... I was I just did what I had to do one time. It, it was scary. It was really scary. I didn't know if I was going to talk to him or see him the next day. Mm-hmm. So, even if you know somebody that's in this kind of situation, reach out if you can see it. You don't have to make it like an awkward like, "Hey, are you depressed?" Just be like, "Hey, what's, what's going on? Do you want to talk about anything?" Mm-hmm. As much as you might need somebody, somebody out there might need you, mm-hmm. and you might not know it. So, keep an eye out for some of the signs. Distance, uh, emotional, like quick to jump from one to another, angry, happy, you know. It's it's tough to judge what, you know, defines mental illness. Mm-hmm. But just keep an eye out for yourself, for your own, even for, you know, people down the road you might not know. If you see somebody that doesn't look happy, hey, how you doing today, sir? Just reach out. Mm-hmm. Every little bit helps. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, if you just, if you suspect it, then um, definitely just, you can just say, like, how you doing today, or, or something, you know? Exactly. The, the guy I work with, I did that, I just, if he looked like he was having a bad day, I'd go and I'd crack a joke, and try and nudge him along, and I'd egg him on to talk to me, and we, we became very close. Um, he's going through a lot of stuff in his life right now, but he's still, he's still a good guy, I check on him every day, and, we talk, we laugh, he has his bad days, I have my bad days, but at the end we're still we're still good friends. Which is important that we, we were there for each other when we needed. I talked to him a little bit, he talked to me a little bit, and we just helped each other when we needed. And uh, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't have, you know, started with my wife really. Mm-hmm. And now I feel the need to reach out and help when mm-hmm. I can. I don't get too involved with people because I mean I, I don't want to get I, I just need to help people, and then their problems almost become mine. Yeah. Which is part of my trait, so I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to talk, I'll talk. And I do my best, but I don't get too 
Yeah. Like a tulip bulb, it's not good. Yeah. I start feeling it and it gets bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the the main thing for anyone that's wanting to do things is um, people think they have to give them advice or I think the main thing is just listening, you know? Just some someone all they have to do is is get it off their chest most of the time. So and you know, help them get to help professional help, you know, especially if they need it. But like just listening is like pretty much the most you can do, you know, just try to help any way you can, but listening I think is very, very important, you know. Having having an ear yeah. is a lifesaver. Literally a lifesaver. Yeah. And don't take it for granted if, if you if you know somebody that might be going through it, like you said, just hey, what's up, how you doing? Mm-hmm. They they might not open up to you, but they know somebody's there. Mm-hmm. They know you care. Make sure you you know you're there for them if they need it. Mm-hmm. They might not come to you, they might. Do it what you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um is there anything in particular that you can recall? That kind of like sets off the anxiety. Um, I actually used to. I, I don't know where it came from, but I had had that's gone now, and I'll explain where that went. An irrational fear of, which is hilarious, an irrational fear of fish. Really? Yeah, I don't know why, but when I'm in something else's environment, it freaks me out a little bit. I don't know why. So it's, I go to the beach. My wife loves the beach, and I was like. All right, I'll go to the beach. Like the beach, but we were in the we were in the water down at uh, T Hill or something, and the water was just coming in. My kids love the beach too, so they were playing around in the water. And for some reason, as the water was just slowly, slowly coming in, there for a while, I began to feel this that choking feeling that I had when I was younger, like closing in on me, and I don't know why. It was freaking me out. I was having this absolute crazy anxiety over it, and that triggered me like. All hell, my wife would see it, and this was kind of around when we started talking about stuff. So she came over, she calmed me down, and that was nice. So I have weird environmental triggers, or if I hear something that reminds me of something from my past that I struggled with, it might be like somebody going through a similar situation. And I, I want to be like, I want to reach out and be like, yo, it's fine, you can be fine, but you can't always do that. So if I hear somebody else going through something, I, I get a little bit of stress over it, like, I know what you're going through and I want to help you, but I can't necessarily do that. Mm-hmm. So it, it stresses me out when I can't help people, knowing that they could be going through what I went through, but that's why I offer that, like, hey, how are you doing? Like, everything good today? So I've been triggered by other people being triggered, which is not great, but I, I've, I've found my way back so many times now, I'm almost... I don't want to say I'm getting good at it, but I'm getting good at it. <laughs> um, it's mostly just things that might be impactful to my family. I, I get worried over worst-case scenarios all the time. Like I, I can't not think of, well, what if this happened? Right. What if this happened? And then the spiral starts, and then I get a little bit depressed, I get a little anxious, I get a little anxiety started, and sometimes I just got to breathe myself down. Um, a thing I use, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, have you heard of the term Reiki? So kind of music? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a 
I don't know the proper definition of it technically, I should, but it's um, the process oh. of energy healing. Yes. No, sorry. Um, one of my guests was talking about it. It's a type of therapy. Yeah. Um, I, my wife is having a bunch of uh, pain with stuff, and she had this like weird, like her veins clamped down when she was uh, pregnant with my daughter, and she almost had like stroke-like symptoms. And um, a couple of years ago, she had that same experience again. And so I rushed into the hospital, and we were sitting there talking. We finally got in because you know the waiting rooms are horrible. Yeah. Um, we got in, we're sitting there, we're still waiting about 20 minutes for the nurse, and she, she's in a lot of pain. And she goes, have you ever heard of Reiki? And I was like, no. She goes, essentially what it is, is you focus your positive energy, your positive healing, and you pass it on to someone else. And I'm sitting there thinking, this is... And I'm like, okay, it's probably been like two minutes. I stop. She's like, her vision had, was kind of blurry, it came back, the pain in her head had stopped. The like pain in their like chest had stopped. And I'm like, really? It's only been like two minutes. Of this. She's like, it's been 15 minutes. And I was like, what? And then I stopped and looked down at my hand. My hand was bright red and like radiating heat. And I was like, what the hell does this mean? And so I looked into Reiki and I started kind of studying it. And the whole process is essentially just passing on positive energy to heal your chakras, um, all the different parts of your body are connected with energy and all this stuff. And before doing that with my wife, I would have thought, total bullshit, it's not real. But then doing it with her and then studying it, I learned about crystals, I learned about how to like set up my own Reiki space, and I've used that as an incredible tool to bring myself out of these freak out moments. Um, what I do essentially for myself is I have this in my head, this mental image of a space I've created. It's always the same. It, it only slightly changes with like the season, but it's this house I have in the woods. I am the only one that knows how to get there. And I go there, I have a relaxing area with a fire and I just sit. I can close my eyes and put myself there at any point and it just brings me down. It's this safe space I've created for myself mentally. Huh. And I use that to combat some of my biggest anxiety moments. Is I need to just focus, I sit back, I put myself this little couch. I can visualize as soon as I close my eyes, I have a door to my left. There's a fireplace behind me, a table. Front wind front is all windows. And there's a little corner around there where the kitchen is. I don't know why there's a kitchen, I don't cook in there. But the, the room over here has a purple mat for some reason and candles. I can go in there, I'll meditate, or I'll sit on my couch. Um, if I'm doing Reiki for somebody, I'll visualize them in the middle of the floor and like, the way you do it is you put your hands over the place that you're healing. So I've done it for my kids, I've done it for friends, and they've actually felt the effects of it. I've done long distance stuff with a friend who was at his house, I was at my house, and helped him with a lot of uh, stress he was going through and everything. And when he finished, he was just like, I've not felt like this good in a long time. He slept like a baby the next morning. He's like, I feel incredible. So I'm just like, it sounds crazy. But I do now believe that positive energy has an effect. A hundred percent. Technically, I'm a Reiki master because I did a course. So I can... 
I can do Reiki for people. I can teach it because I've gotten the proper certificates because I guess in theory it's a, a um, what's the proper term? A healing form from like Japan years and years and years ago created by, I can't remember the guy's name right now, but it's actually a really interesting topic for anybody that likes to meditate yeah. and, you know, find like a peaceful zip, like zone. Yeah. Reiki is a really, really impactful piece of uh, knowledge to, you know, understand. Um, I have a bunch of stones at home. Um, I use those for healing. I, I, my hands almost go warm when I touch certain stones, which again, I, you tell me this two years ago, I go, no, you're fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's incredible what positive energy can do for you. It's crazy. Like you have one of the salt, salt rock lamps. I have one of those. It's, it's amazing. It's almost feel the heat. I can be across the room and almost feel the heat from it just because it's meant to be pure and clear and all that stuff. So it's just blows my mind what you can do if you, you know, put your mind to it. Mm-hmm. If you focus on what you want, I believe that the stars do provide what you want. If you think hard enough, if you try hard enough, if you get yourself in that zone, you'll be there. So I strongly advise anybody, check out Reiki. There's Reiki masters everywhere. I didn't realize how many there were on the EI. Um, reach out, go talk to them. Mm-hmm. It's quite an experience. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Um, that's really cool stuff, yeah. One of my guests recently, Jackie McKay, she was the mother of, um, I don't know if you heard that podcast, but she was the mother of my friend who died of cancer. And um, sorry if I get this story wrong, but I believe she was going through a really hard time. And um, she was at Reiki, and uh, the person touched a spot on her knee, and she immediately felt like a hundred times better. And um, basically, he had got cancer first in his knee, that's where it started. It's like, um, and they said that she was carrying the pain um, from her son in her knee, um, basically. And uh, yeah, it's just really cool stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I 100% believe that that it she could hold on to something like that, but the energy, because that's she's going to be thinking about that all the time. So there's going to be pain in that that spot for her because it it led to something so devastating for her that it's going to constantly be there. She needs to clear that. And Reiki can allow you to do that. Um, the, the chakras, again, I haven't studied this in a while. I only use it for my own personal stuff. Is um, crown, third eye, throat, heart, solar plex, and root. And essentially when I would do Reiki, I would just clear all of the chakras. And then if there was a pain in a certain area, I'd focus on that area. But I always started top down, washing out any pain, any uncomfort, any issues, try to clear that out okay. and then work on the spots that need it. Okay. So it's basically like a clearing your aura when you start every time. So you feel, you feel fresh, you feel incredible. Some people get really tired after, some people feel energized after. Um, I used to have really bad insomnia and when I started doing Reiki, I would fall asleep in five minutes. Huh. Blew my mind. I'd put on like some meditation tunes. I'd go to my space. I'd just, so there like, is like a really, there's a meditation is a big part of it? Yes, very big. Um, 
you do a lot of self-cleansing, so essentially it's the same thing, you're healing, but you're uh, going to different points of your body. So I clear like my, clear out the chakras, go away from my knees to my feet, and then just like do like a full little thing at the end with the meditation going, and then I lay back in my bed for 10 minutes, put myself in the and I fall asleep. In the middle of the day, I can't do that. Really? It may be so comfortable, so relaxed, I'd just be able to actually come and find me 40 minutes later sleeping. Wow. And I, I can't sleep anywhere. And like it's it's incredible what it does for me. That's awesome. So is there breathing involved? Um, it's more of a just relax. There's no patterns I don't believe, but it's just certain certain things will be like big one in and then just hold and then out. And once you get into a comfortable rhythm, it just kind of holds you there, and then you just relax. Let your body go limp. You feel weird feelings, tingling, whatever. Everybody feels it differently. It's Changed my life again. Another one of these outlets. I didn't mention it during outlets because it just slipped my mind. But it's it's an incredible thing. That uh, sounds crazy, but it works. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. I didn't believe until it happened, and then it happened, and I was just holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Well, I think uh, like meditation and mindfulness, just that part of it alone is like so beneficial. Hundred percent. And like, I think the people like. I mean, there's all kinds of different ways to meditate, but I think people kind of like, you hear meditation and it sounds like kind of like a, don't, people don't understand it, I guess. It's not like a common thing to do. It's like, just kind of like this barrier until you do it. But there's also kind of like you can do it in your own way where you just like take time to be in your own mind and, you know, go to that spot you were talking about or whatever it is, or even just just be in your own mind and work through whatever you got going in your mind, you know? I think that's like, just mindfulness in general is super, super important. Um, Picking moments for yourself is very important and meditation is an incredible way to do it. I thought it was, again, I thought it was all mumbo jumbo bong. Yeah, yeah, and you think that because meditation, like, people probably do like, you know, some kind of singling, like, oh, I meditate every day, but it's like, it's actually so beneficial just to do it and you know what I mean? You don't even like, you can call it meditation or you can call it just breathing for 10 minutes by yourself, but you'll feel so much better. It's crazy. It clears you out. It's yeah. amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I haven't, I haven't been studying my Reiki. I, I got my mastery and I considered doing it quite often, but I just, I mean, I, it came to me when I needed it. Mm-hmm. I used it and now it's just a tool that I have at any point, and it still helps me out from time to time. If I can't sleep, I, can, I don't know, it's amazing, this, this Reiki space I built for myself in my mind, I can go there anytime, and it's just the calmest feeling I've ever had. I do that when, I, when my kids are like having crazy days, and I just, I just like take five minutes, I sit down, and I just go there, and I can relax, and I'm good to go for another like five hours of getting the crack at me by kids. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just need you just need that minute. Taking a minute to breathe is incredible. Mm-hmm. Even fresh air, go outside and just a couple deep breaths, just away from the noise of whatever's getting at you. It's hard to, as somebody that has suffered from you know dealing with my own thoughts, it's hard to sometimes just take five minutes to not think. But it's incredible. Those five minutes, what they can do for you, mm-hmm. just to relax, to forget it all. Mm-hmm.
temporarily and then you come back, you feel so much better. Um, thanks so much for coming here, man. Well, like, thank you. And thanks, like, you shared some really beneficial stuff. That's and, what I was hoping to do. Yeah. So thanks so much for that, man. Thank um, you. I, I, I had a great time and I hopefully, hopefully my words can help somebody somewhere or somehow. And yeah. Just hold in there. There's no reason to get down on yourself. There, there's a light. You just gotta find it.